Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And How to Be Fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jalenta. Have you ever thought about what makes Wonder Woman so powerful? Only every waking minute of my life. I mean, sometimes I think it's her invisible plane. Sometimes I'm sure it's those bulletproof bracelets. Maybe it's that lasso of truth. Well, what if I told you it was none of those things? According to a certain book, Wonder Woman's power may come down to how she stands. You mean just with her hands on her hips? Mm Mm-hmm. Anyone can do that. And we're about to, because I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is By the Book. In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. Today, our book is Presence, Bringing Your Boldest Self to Your Biggest Challenges by Amy Cuddy. Amy Cuddy is a best-selling author and Princeton-educated social psychologist who serves as a lecturer at Harvard. By most measures, she's a professional success. But she wasn't supposed to be. That's because, as a sophomore in college, Cuddy was in a major car accident that left her with a traumatic brain injury. The injury lowered her IQ by 30 points instantaneously, interfered with her memory, and shook her confidence. But Cuddy was determined to continue her education. She went back to school, focusing on psychology. Along the way, she developed an interest in power posing, a way to trick your mind into feeling more powerful and present by holding certain poses for two minutes at a time. In 2012, 
Cuddy presented her power-posing research to the world via a hugely popular TED Talk. The talk received over 40 million views and became the second most-watched TED Talk of all time. This success led Cuddy to writing her best-selling book on power-posing in 2015 called Presence, Bringing Your Boldest Self to Your Biggest Challenges. In her book, Cuddy defines presence as a state of being attuned to and able to comfortably express our true thoughts, feelings, values, and potential. This means that caring about being true to yourself and your values should be more important to you than caring about how other people perceive you. But this is hard to do when the stakes are high, like when we ask for help, give presentations, or go to job interviews. When we should be genuine and powerful, our insecurities take over, and others pick up on this because our body language always reflects what we're feeling, regardless of what we are saying. So, if you're at a job interview all hunched up with your arms defensively crossed over your chest, your body is saying, I don't want to be here, while your words are probably saying, I'm perfect for the job. This sends mixed signals and leads others to see you as untrustworthy. But Cuddy says the connection between feelings and body language goes both ways, and the body can be used to change the state of the mind. With power poses and other physical adjustments, the mind can be rewired for confidence. And with practice, you can achieve a powerful presence that'll help you navigate life with greater ease. Here's how you do it. Step one, embrace your story. Often we let others dictate our stories, relying on them to tell us what our strengths and weaknesses are. To get in touch with your story of yourself, consider asking yourself, what three words best describe me as an individual? What specific time at work or at home made me feel as though I was natural and right? And how can I repeat that behavior today? Reminder, you have to work at believing in your answers. Step two, break up with your imposter self. Most of us feel like imposters in our day-to-day life. This undercuts our ability to feel good about our strengths and is the opposite of presence. To get rid of the imposter mindset, remind yourself to focus less on the impression you're making on others and more on the impression you're making on yourself. When faced with challenges, focus on your core values instead of trying to control how others view you. The more you embrace your values, the more presence you have. Step three, power pose. Power pose every day for two minutes and before stressful situations to help break the habit of insecure body language. Stand with your feet planted, spine long, chest out, and hands on your hips like Wonder Woman or up in a V like an Olympian. If sitting, keep your feet planted and arms open or on a table in front of you. Breathe deeply into the pose. This might feel silly, but eventually it'll help you embrace your inner power and trick your body into releasing hormones that boost confidence. And if you're busy, you can combine power posing with other tasks like commuting or brushing your teeth. Step four, present with good posture. After you've power posed for the day, you have to keep your inner power flowing by using good posture. Stand or sit up straight. Breathe slowly and deeply. Don't rock side to side or cross your legs. And don't gesture with your upper arms pinned to your side like a penguin. Work at a standing desk, go on daily walks, and encourage yourself to sleep stretched out and not in a fetal position. And if you have trouble remembering to check your posture throughout the day, set phone alerts to help remind you. Step five, take your time. Slowing down is another part of presence. It lessens fear, lets you approach challenges without dread, and reduces regret. Don't rush into things. Pause, breathe, and check in with yourself before you act or talk. When you feel anxious, remember that doing nothing is still doing something. And don't give up hope. Changing habits takes time. That's what the book says, and so that's what we did for two weeks straight. 
So, Jolenta, tell us about your first week of living by presence. Oh, let's do this. Let's do it. I'll start by saying reading this book was rough. Oh, my God. It was so rough. It took me forever to sift through all of the stats and the studies and research she cites that isn't even her own before she gets to her own research. Yes, that's like half the book of her just trying to explain what presence is. Yeah. Uh, So... Once I figured out what I was even (laughs) supposed to do, I got to work on step one, embracing my story. And while I answered the questions from the book, I realized I've already sort of been working on this lately. Ever since the Me Too movement has started, I've I've been toying with the idea that, like, I may not be an ugly piece of garbage. And that's not a good story to have about myself. Bad story. Bad story. I feel like we've been talking about this a lot. I know. I know. It's probably why we do this show. Thank God we're doing this show for that reason alone. So I'm realizing I may not be garbage. and, And maybe, actually, I was taught to think I am garbage by a man who was in charge of my physical education for all four years of high school. (sighs) God, Delenta, yep. tell everyone. I mean, we're friends. I already yeah, know so this Yeah, so you story. know this. But tell our listeners. Um, basically, when I was 14, I had just grown really huge boobs overnight and gained about 10 pounds to sort of hide them. And this teacher decided it was his job to educate me on how a woman's body should look. And for all four years of high school, he'd ridicule me for being out of shape, punish me for no reason with jumping jacks in front of my class. He'd roughly grab me to point out my problem areas. And when I tried to avoid his classes, he made me meet him for one-on-one check-ins about my physical education to tell me I was fat and that no one would date me. Oh, God. He's he's like completely fixated on your body. Totally. Such a disgusting, like... Yeah. 100% I feel like unacceptable, disgusting it. way. Yeah. So I got crazy depressed. I barely graduated. And basically my entire high school education at an elite prep school uh, focused around this one guy signing off on my body. You and I have talked about this mm-hmm. like before. You hinted at this a little bit right. with the French woman don't get fat episode. But, I mean, it's one of those stories that I can see affecting your story. Exactly. So – It's a relief to sort of acknowledge this and talk about this out loud, but it's also embarrassing. You know, I've carried this man's bias and emotional abuse with me for 15 years, and and it's hard to understand how it happened, let alone embrace it as my story. Oh, God. But first of all, as your friend, I don't want you to be embarrassed. This is something he did to you. I know, but it's hard to prove emotional abuse, you know? Like, no one remembers it. My parents remember it. Like, a few friends remember it, but, like... I looked fine on the outside. Mm, Yeah. So how did you work on your story So to own my story, I notified my old high school (gasps) uh, about this, and they are investigating this guy. Go, Jolenta! Go, Jolenta! Go, Jolenta! Do it! Thank you. They're they're investigating him because, Kristen— She's a shero. She's a Wonder Woman already. You are a Wonder Woman. But, of course, this guy still works there and, you know, (sighs) doesn't remember a thing. Oh, fuck him. Yep. Fuck him. So— After I talked to my school, uh, an opportunity for step two, breaking up with my imposter self, popped up uh, in my email. A local paper asked if I would write about my experience because I went to a somewhat prominent school and uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that because it's scary and, and embarrassing. So I talked to my partner, Brad, for some advice. Do you think I should do it or no? I think if you feel like 
this story isn't done for you until you put it out there yeah, in the world. Yeah, it's not. It's not. And it's not going to like, it, it has to start someplace serious. Like, I can't just go do a comedy set about this. Like, it's not processed enough. But I can write a piece about it. Like, that's more appropriate. And I feel like I need to do something. I feel like I just figured out my story and like, I can't keep it in. Like, that's what I've been doing the whole time, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you feel that, then yeah, I think you need to do something. But you don't need to do it on anyone else's timeline right. but your own. Right. You don't need to rely on anyone else's approval but your yeah. own. All that matters is that it's the truth. Oh, my God, Jolenta. I'm crying no, over this. Stop. I can't even look at I you. I am crying over this. So what did you do? Did you end up writing it? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. Go, Jolenta. <laughs> go, Jolenta. Go, Wonder Woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I mean, as of right now, it's in the editing phase. I don't know if or when it will be published. And... Before you keep congratulating me, I Congratulations! Just, stop! Stop it! <laughs> I have to say, this was hard as fuck to write. And when I finished it, it was 4 a.m. and I was a, a wreck. I was a mess. So I turned to the book for help. I remembered in the last chapter, she has stories about people who've been helped by power posing. And there's this one about a fifth grader who's about to give a presentation in school. And she starts having a panic attack, but she power poses and calms herself down. So... Here I am trying to do the same thing. Ugh, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm thinking about it. I uh, Part of me feels like it's good and I'm like getting poison out of my body, but part of me feels like I'm I'm just reliving stuff over and over again and I I hate it. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to breathe, to breathe and be in my body. And feel power. My hands are on my hips. Oh, I feel a little better. I don't feel good, but I feel a little better. Power pose or not, <laughs> I am so proud of you. Oh, thank you. I love you. You are my hero. You oh, are a Wonder now. Woman. You're a Wonder Woman. You don't I'm think so I'm dumb? No. And that body is yours and you own it and no fucking Ugh. school teacher owns your yeah. body. And you have a beautiful body and you're a beautiful thank person. You. Oh, thank you. So proud of you. Ugh. So, uh, as you could hear, my, my week one was very emotionally exhausting. Yeah. Uh, that's where I ended it. And please, please, can we stop talking about me and hear about your first week living by presence, Kristen? Okay. Yes, we can. But first off, oh, no. I just need to say, which you already said, mm-hmm. reading this book was a major effort. Yes. It was so much work to get through this book. I could not believe how much work it was by the time you get to the steps of anything to do you're more than two-thirds of the way through Mm -hmm. and the first two-thirds oh it was really really tough yeah i mean i get it she's a phd she's used to writing scientific papers and really proving her research but like this was clearly too much yeah it was a lot so i was really relieved when it was finally time to get to some concrete steps i started with step one embracing my story. I started out by thinking about times when I felt totally at ease in my own skin, and I reflected on my happiest times, and almost everything I thought about centered around people I love and jobs well done, and that all felt really good. Nice. And then, as the book suggests, I came up with three words that describe me as an individual. I wrote them down, and then I ran them by my husband, Dean. Here we are. 
Okay, so what do you think about this as the three words that define me? Jolly, kind, and competent. <laughs> uh, well, jolly and kind I like. I mean, jolly because it's got a nice Christmas thing going on. Well, not just that. I and love to spread the joy. That's true. And I that's love true. being happy. Yes, and you're definitely kind. Um, I think competent is a complete cop-out. What? Honey, you think I'm not competent? Um, no, I think you're way more than competent. I think you're exemplary in your field. I think you're a rock star. Well, I'm not just talking about in my field. I'm talking about I'm, I'm competent at taking care of myself. As a I'm human being, I think you're exemplary. That's why I married you. Oh. But you don't reach the moon by shooting for the top of the tree. Oh, <laughs> I'm competent today. Excellent job, everybody. <laughs> I thought competent was a good word. No, I think it's very, like, you know, I don't think it's nearly strong enough. Would you like a competent kiss? No. You want, you want a proper kiss, I know. Oh my god, thank you, Dean. Competent is so bland. Competent is like what you get when you get like a letter C grade. Like you met minimum requirements. Like, congrats. I, okay, Look, so, Kristen, uh, I hate myself, and my three words were vivacious, tenacious, Amazon. Oh, like, I love come those on. words. Those yeah, are great words. Yeah. I would never be, like, competent. Like, I'd say overachiever, like, superstar when it comes to you. Like, you're in, oh, like you're nuts. I thought competent meant I'm a solid person. I'm reliable. I These are all the most boring ways <laughs> to say, like, you go out of your way to, like, do better than average. Fine, fine. Okay, so... I did change my words. Good. I changed them to jolly and kind. I kept those. Good. And those then were I, perfect. And then exemplary, as per Dean's suggestion. Jolly, kind, exemplary. And when I told myself my own story, I used those words over and over again. But, of course, I felt a little bit like an imposter with the exemplary part. Ah, cute step two. Breaking up with your imposter self. Well, uh, just to make clear what I mean by I felt like an imposter here, mm-hmm. I felt that... It was related to the royal wedding. Oh, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) As you know, while we were living by this book, it was the final lead up to the royal wedding. And I was co-hosting my other show when Megan met Harry, a royal wedding cast, which, hey, listeners, if you haven't heard already, check it out. It's really good. I'm not a royals (laughs) fan, and it's a damn good show. Very jolly. It's a very jolly, kind show. (laughs) But I digress. The point is that I am and always have been a royal family enthusiast. But a lot of press outlets in the weeks leading up to the wedding were reaching out to me not just to be a super fan, but to be an expert. And I kept thinking, am I really an expert? I don't know if I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not exemplary with all of the knowledge on the royal family. I, am I a Real Housewives expert? Yes, you are a Real Housewives expert. You are. And I realized that I, Kristen Meinzer, super fan of the royals, I'm the best at being Kristen Meinzer, super fan of the Royals. That is my expertise. Yes, yes. And, you know, frankly, even though I don't normally go around saying this, I probably do know more than 99% of the population about the Royal family. Being a super fan means you know too much. I can tell you Catherine Hepburn's real birthday and her fake birthday that she used to look three years younger. That means... I am an expert, although it also means I'm a giant loser. No, it means I mean, that a you super know fan. your stuff. Or exemplary. Maybe you're exemplary. <laughs> Anywho, so 
that's what I told myself. I said, I'm an expert at being me. I'm an expert at being Fuck a super yeah. fan. I'm an expert at knowing way too much stuff that nobody else needs to know. And so I went into all of my interviews because I had over 20 interviews in the two weeks leading up to the wow. wedding that I gave on TV, oh on the radio, in print, and so on. That's exemplary. <laughs> Thank you. And, of course, I screwed up from time to time. I sometimes said things that maybe I could have said better or maybe I didn't bring enough history or context into certain things. But that's okay because – All experts feel that way, I'm sure. Oh, thanks. But, I mean, overall, what I kept telling myself is I brought an exemplary level of enthusiasm and love to the subject matter. And that's all I could do. And that's fine. That's more than fine. It's amazing. It's jolly and kind and exemplary. And I cannot wait to hear how you do things in week two. Well, we'll find out in just a moment. But first, we have to take a little break. Do you ever find yourself wading through your newsfeed on Facebook or Twitter, wishing you could just call someone up and ask, what do I really need to pay attention to here? Well, what if you could? I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next, Slate's new daily news podcast. And every weekday morning, I'm going to be on call for you, taking you inside one story, going deep behind the headlines. What Next is news you're not going to get just scrolling through your phone. To listen, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Okay, Jolenta, we talked about our first weeks of living by presence. Now let's talk about week two, starting with you. All right. I started week two. With power posing. More power posing. Yes, I'd already been doing it uh, during my panic attack. And uh, I did it like sort of half-assed every morning when I brushed my teeth with like one hand on my hip and my spine straight. But I knew it was time to do more. So I tried power posing in front of my dog, Frank. Okay, in front of Frank. And and why did you do that? Well, okay. Here's the deal. He has these barking fits when this one dog walks by our door. And normally when this happens, he startles the crap out of me. And I scream and he barks more. And it's this vicious cycle of me screaming and him barking. So instead, I decided to try something new when his nemesis walked by. Yes, listen. Frank's nemesis is walking by right now. And I'm just power posing in front of him to show him that I'm the boss Because I'm in control of this house. And do you hear how loud he is? Oh, Franklin. That's him smacking his little tongue. Because he's not barking at all. Because I'm in charge of him. You hear that, Franco? I own you. What a good boy. Oh, my God. Was Frank even in the room during that? I swear he was in the room. You can hear him making little dumb mouth smacking noises. Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever heard Frank be that quiet. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, I didn't feel very powerful. I felt kind of dumb. What? I felt you were being dumb. Powerful. I felt silly. I felt silly posing in front of my dog and being like, I own you. But, I mean, <laughs> it did work. So my body language did affect him. Uh, and then I moved on to another step that made me feel silly. Step four, working on my posture. 
Ah, sitting up straight, using that spine. I'm horrible at sitting up straight, even though I went to like a billion years of acting school where they're like, posture is everything. Posture connects you to your body and the storytelling and blah, blah, blah. But I just suck at it. You know, I've spent 15 years like trying to hide my tits because a teacher singled me out when I was a kid, you know, Uh, like I slouch. uh, So I set up phone reminders to check my posture every few hours and... It was super annoying. I hated it. I felt shitty every time it reminded me I wasn't worrying about my posture. And I'd be like, oh, right. I'm not standing up straight. I'm like curled up in a ball. Oh, my God. It sounds like the Moment app that we live by in Bored and Brilliant. Like that traumatizing app that's telling you all the time that you're doing Mm -hmm. things wrong. Supposedly because it's trying to help you. But it's really just making you feel horrible. It's really just like, I'm your phone and I already give you anxiety for existing. And like now I'm going to like give you a pop-up reminder to freak out even more. More. Oh, God. The worst. Yep. So then what did you do? So I deleted the reminders. Yes. Because step five <laughs> says it's okay to take your time. Oh, <laughs> you use step five to yes. rationalize screwing up step four. Exactly. I am exactly. all about that. Oh, good. I was worried you were afraid no, no, no. I was like cheating the system. Totally on board. Okay, totally yeah. Totally on board. Yeah. So um, I felt way better after that. You know, it was a nice reminder that it takes time to change habits. And, like, my posture will get there. I'm shedding a bunch of emotional baggage. And I can let myself off the hook a little. And I don't need a phone to be like, you're shitty. Yeah. Well, you have to deal with all of your stuff in your own time and in your own way. And take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No guilt. Exactly. Thank you. So with myself off the hook and feeling a little more relieved, I did notice a bit of a shift in my outlook on myself. Uh, here I am talking to Brad about it. I like look cute even when I'm dressed slubby. Yeah. Well, you can tell me you always knew. Welcome to how everyone else sees you. Like, I'm not disgusting. <laughs> yes, correct. No doy. Doy. No doy me. Beautiful woman. <laughs> Is this what you see? Yes. How do I see this all the time? I see a hot mama. Well, not a mom. Well, no, I just mean that in like an no, A.C. Yeah. Slater way. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Saved by the Bell. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Of course you made a dumb Saved by the Bell pun. That's what, no. Oh, that's no. what he that was, was talking I about. I thought you were saying I was Saved by the Bell. Well, I'm Saved by the Bell just looking at you. You do look cute all the time. And I you do dress slubby a lot. And you know what? You're owning your body. You're using your body to show Frank who's boss. You're taking your body back. Goodbye, high school predator. Hello, Wonder Woman. Thank you. So as you can hear, I ended week two on a bit of a high note, even though it was an exhausting two weeks. Uh, How did your second week go living by presence? All right. So I kicked off with step three, power posing. And you know what? I was very anxious to get to the step because I thought it would be fun. This and is I, a very you step. Yeah, I, I thought it would like, be very yeah. productive feeling. I felt it was the real meat of the book. But I have to say... I don't think I have a natural gift for this. Oh, interesting. Listen, here I am with Dean. All right, honey, how long have I been in this pose? Am I almost done? About 30 seconds. No, I haven't. I've been in it for like a minute and a half. Close to 40 seconds now. Honey, (laughs) no, you're just screwing with me. I have not been in (laughs) 50. You just can't stay. Your patience, not a whole minute. Your patience is... Um, I'm going to go like this. Yeah, you've oh, been... I'm doing this. Ah! Yes, you are. Pointing, pointing, pointing in the okay. room. But isn't this supposed Dancing. to be a statuesque pose where you're just 
rooting yourself in the ground and feeling the power. What? Not you don't like dancing. this thing I'm doing with I my hip? I love you dancing. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that at all. What if the secret of this book is the standing still? It doesn't make you me powerful. You don't power- want it to be standing still. It doesn't still, make maybe. me powerful to stand still. It doesn't make me feel powerful to okay. stand still. Kristen, you suck at standing still. This is no surprise to me. I'm getting lots of flashbacks to every time a book has made us meditate. Oh, my God. Yes. I, and two minutes is a really is. long time to stand in one position. It doesn't sound like it's a long time. So you basically just danced every day. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of. I did the Vogue. I did the robot. I pretended to be a boxer. I did all sorts of those kinds of things that just felt good for my body. Things the book didn't tell me to do, but, you know. It felt good. I could shift every three seconds into another move. Right, Look, I'm doing right. it right now. I'm a karate. You know, I'll yeah. be honest. Sometimes my power poses, if I did a V, would sort of turn into some sort of like sun salutation flow from yoga once in a while. Of like just whatever felt did. good. <laughs> hey, you choose voguing. I choose sun salutations. <laughs> so, anywho, that was me trying to power pose. And, you know, I did them sort of, maybe half-assed, but... It was kind of fun to do, even though I wasn't doing quite what I was told. And then I moved on to step four, presenting with good posture. And I have to say, this one was super easy because I have that adjustable standing desk, as you know. You also just have really good posture in general. Like, I'm looking at you right now. I'm crumpled in a ball. Cameron's crumpled in a ball. (laughs) And Kristen's, like, up straight with her chest open and, like, her hands placed on the table. (laughs) She does this naturally. Well, I mean, I think part of it is helped by the furniture that is always around me. Part of it's probably helped also that I have very short legs and I'm short, so I feel maybe I should sit up more. I, I don't know. But... I did try to be even more mindful of my posture during week two because during that second week, I had a bunch of TV interviews lined up where I was showing off my Meghan and Harry expertise, as we're now calling it. And obviously, I wanted to look good on camera. Very vain. We all want to look good on camera. Come on. (laughs) Thank you. Plus, I wanted to look and feel confident. Nice. Uh, Can I hear an example of one of those interviews? I want to hear that confidence just oozing out of you. (laughs) Take a listen. If you look at anybody who's ever had to say, God save the queen, you'll see such a variety of cultures, of races, of backgrounds. So many of the people, one might argue the majority of people, don't look like the royal family. They're diverse. They're of all races. They're of all skin tones. And now, Meghan and the royal family look just a tiny bit more like the world that they supposedly rule over. Oh, my God. Kristen, you sound like a historian. Oh, like, it sounds hooray. like you have a degree in Meghan Markle. Oh, my God. Like, I'm so impressed. That, I am totally impressed. I haven't, I have not seen that one. And like, I thought you were just going to be, like, fangirling and, like, jumping up and down. But, like, you sound, like, so centered and, like, so profesh. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. I have to give a shout out to what that actually was. That was called Meghan Markle. A Royal Love Story, which was one of three different hour-long royal wedding documentaries I appeared in for TLC. Oh, that's amazing. Plus, it's the channel that has sister wives. Yeah. So what about step five, taking your time? All right. So for this... I feel like you'll have trouble with this one. I, I had trouble with it, but you know what? I did it. I needed to do it, and it felt good. And Ooh. here's how I did it. I stopped saying yes so much. 
And that's me taking time to clap because this girl says yes to everything. You know, all those press requests I was getting to mm-hmm. talk about the royal wedding, mm-hmm. they were coming from all corners of the world. Like, yeah. I am not kidding when I say over 12 countries reached right. out I to me. I remember one day when I saw you, you were like, hey, I have like 10 interviews between like 10 a.m. and noon. Yeah, it's just like been nonstop with this wedding. And eventually I realized. I can't say yes to everything. I just can't. I was surviving on less than six hours of sleep a night. And you know I don't do well Mm-mm. when I'm sleeping. We know from five. Miracle Morning mm-hmm. that shit doesn't work. No, I was fucking exhausted. So I started saying no. And then I said no again. And then I said no again. And I said it over and over and over again. And in one case, the no did actually turn into a yes, though, but on my terms. Oh, nice. Let me explain. One press outlet wanted me to do an interview shortly after arriving in the UK at a location 90 minutes from my hotel. No, you've just been flying for so long. No, I said no. And eventually, I came around because they offered to pay for a hotel room right by the studio and also pay for a car service to take me both ways. So I did eventually say yes, but it was only after I turned them down first, so... That's such there a you powerful go. move. Oh! So exemplary. So Wonder Woman, right? Yeah, right. I love it. That sounds like presence. Yes. Well, thank you. So I, I did it. I owned step five. I said no. I took time for myself. I did things on my terms. I love it. And I'm so curious to hear what your verdict is. It sounds like you almost sort of liked this book, but also hated reading it. But I'm getting... Ahead of myself. You are Let's take a break. Let's take a break and remind our listeners that we want to hear from you guys. Have you guys read Presence? Do you power pose? Share your story with us at buythebook at panoply.fm or give us a call at 505-510-BOOK. Okay, Jolenta, it's time to get down to business. Did presents actually work? Would we recommend it? Oh, it's a tough question. I wanted to love this book. Every, like, theater nerd, you know, cell in my body is obsessed with the idea of how your body affects your mental state and, like, how you can, you know, change your insides by using your outsides. But I have to say, if I did not have a therapist, a psychiatrist, meds, and like very loving people around me, I would have been in shambles living by this book. You know? (laughs) Okay, I need to hear more about that. Tell me, tell me. So I think owning your story, which is part of this book's steps, is super important. But for me, it was so overwhelming, I could barely get to the rest of the book. You know? Owning my story brought up damage that I like don't think about and like didn't even consider damage until recently and and I felt broken and vulnerable and sort of like cracked open you know and like even power posing would just make me want to cry some mornings like opening my body is scary for me I spend a lot of time actively trying to hide it so power posing made me feel like weak and vulnerable and not powerful Mm. and I know it's a process but I feel like She just sort of glossed over the emotional aspects and sort of presents power posing as like a life hack to get past feeling insecure, where it's like posing will definitely help and will definitely make you present or look like you have it together more. But like you have to process your emotions and work through Mm. them and it might get really ugly 
And I know she says take your time, but like it's going to take a long time. And like power posing and just like willing it won't be enough. Yeah. It's almost like change your hairstyle, change your life. Yeah. Like I love owning your story. And I love working on your body to work on your mental state. Like I fully recommend doing those things, but I do not recommend doing it through this book and and I recommend if you do believe in the mind-body connection like I do and like the book says is real, you know, you have to work on your mind and body together at the same time, you know? Yeah, she repeatedly says, fake it until you get there. Is yeah, that what fake she it until you become it. Until you become it. And it's but- like, no, sitting up straight and posing like Wonder Woman will not help me process the fact that the majority of my self-hatred came from a man who sexually harassed me for four years between the ages of 14 and 18. Like, no, it's going to help me stand up straight, and that's fucking great, but, you know, it's only half the equation. I recommend... Owning your shit and finding your strength in more holistic ways, in more well-rounded ways. You know, find a yoga studio that works on a donation basis. Find ways that work for you to foster that mind-body wellness connection. And don't push yourself to fake it till you make it. Like, slog through the shit to make it. That's what I say. Ooh, good, Jolenta. Good. I guess so, yeah. I don't recommend the book. (laughs) I don't recommend it. Like, no. 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 How about you? All right. Here's the thing. I know I already said this, but I cannot state it enough. I hated reading Mm. this book. The reading process alone was enough to make me mad. The first 60% felt like Cuddy was just trying to convince herself and us that we should take her seriously. And, oh, my God, it was boring. You know when the advice actually shows up in this book? Chapter 9. You know how many chapters there are? 11. 11. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, some of the research just seemed to contradict itself. For example, Mm -hmm. in one sentence, she'd say that taking up more space helps us to feel more powerful. And then in the next sentence, she'd talk about men who take up too much room on the subway and how actually they just irritate everybody around them. So hold on. What am I supposed to listen to Are you supposed to manspread or not? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes it felt that she couldn't decide where she stood on things. Because all the studies... All the studies she cited were also just so vague, where it's like, sure, like you can pull from this one thing and, and use it to prove your point. But also, when you look at them all together, they're contradictory, and some of them don't have anything to do with what she's studying. And it's just, it's a lot to sift through. Yes. But, as you know, I actually did what she said, and here's the problem. More than all of the contradictions, more than the boringness of the book, I just felt like it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I could not even get myself to stand in the poses for two minutes straight, much less do it every single day, multiple times a day. As you know, I could do 10 seconds at a time. I could pose like a robot. I could be <laughs> a statue. I could be a mannequin. I could be a sprinkler. I could do those things. And that was pretty fun. But I had a really hard time even just standing still in one position as she wanted us to do. And Sure, it was probably good for me to focus on my posture, and I do think it was probably useful to reframe my fangirl stuff over the royals into something that made me feel more confidently full of expertise. But actually, I feel like I could have just gotten that from talking with you, Jolenta, about like the Real Housewives and how you're a Real Housewives expert just by being a fan. Yeah. Or just the fact that you did so many on-camera TV interviews. I think it might have just sort of happened on its own. I think it might have, and it would have been more fun than reading this book. Yeah. 
And on top of all of that, I also kept on thinking about people in really bad situations, Mm -hmm. situations as I sometimes call them. Mm. And I thought, is posing like Wonder Woman really going to help you if you're, let's say, an abused woman Mm -mm. or a black man who's being pulled over by the cops for no reason? It doesn't seem that posing like Wonder Woman is the fix-all that she says it's that a it fix is all when be. you're, you know, presenting like your doctorate thesis, which she did. But, you know. Yeah. And so my verdict, I do not recommend this book. I recommend enjoying your body and feeling good and learning to say no more often, as mm-hmm. I did during yeah. this book, actually. I am I glad that no that came often. out of this book for you. If, yes. if anything, I am happy that happened. Yes. And I am also glad I said no a little bit more often. But I don't think you need to pose like Wonder Woman to get there. Yeah. Maybe the truth is that you and I are both Wonder Women already, and we don't need to stand in a certain position in order to be those Wonder Women. I think I agree with you for once. Well, let's get on this invisible plane and fly away. Bye. I mean, time for credits. Woohoo! <laughs> And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Our producer is Cameron Drews, and he stands like an Olympian all the time. Our managing producer is Mia Lobel. She does the robot like nobody's business. Thanks also to our composer and acclaimed breakdancer, Nate Winda. And thank you to the Rizzos, who perform our theme song while doing air guitar and sometimes real guitar. And special thanks, of course, to Andy Bowers at Panoply. His voguing is on point. Stay in touch. Let us know if you've read Presence and how it worked or did not work for you. Also, send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. We read every one of your suggestions. Or Cameron does, at least. Ha! Our email address is bythebook at panoply.fm. You can tweet at us at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at bythebookpod. And as always, feel free to leave us a voicemail at 505-510-BOOK. And if you haven't already, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts. It helps other people to find the show. There's an algorithm in that whole Apple system that the more people who are engaged with the show, rating it, reviewing it, listening to it, all of those things, it brings us up in the chart. So please do that if you haven't already. Until next time, I'm Jolanta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye, Voguing. Vogue, 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 Vogue. It's still in the editing phase. I don't know when or if it will be published. And and before you congratulate me too much, let me tell you, this was hard as fuck. To I can write. hear the food in your mm-hmm. mouth. <laughs> I was like, am I covering this or not? <laughs> no, answers no. No. It's just so clear. It's very clear. I'm holding a tiny piece of saltine in my cheek. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say I'm okay. When the truth is... I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say... Hang it in there. Because... If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.